On to Kansas City for sure. Looking forward to the uh, start of the Big 12 championships. One game on Wednesday. Majority of the games uh, begin on Thursday. Baylor will play Thursday evening against Oklahoma. Baylor the number two seed. OU the number seven seed in the tournament. That'll be at 6 p.m. from the T-Mobile Center in Kansas City coming up on Thursday. Really look forward to the trip there. Always great. Uh, Kansas City is such a great host city. And this is uh, some big deal, you know, when the tournament comes to Kansas City. Let's talk to a man who calls uh, Kansas City home. ESPN broadcaster Mark Neely joins us now. And, Mark, we appreciate your time and looking forward to come your way. Hey, John, you guys are always welcome up here. My only uh, regret is that the weather has taken a turn for the worse. It was 70 degrees here on Saturday, and then we had snow on the ground late last night. Uh, so uh, it, it's only going to be in the 30s, uh, uh. so it's going to be a bit chilly, but uh, everything will be nice uh, inside uh, the T-Mobile Center. You know, the years we've been up there for this tournament, this time of year, I think we've seen everything. We've seen, like, beautiful spring weather. <laughs> we've seen bone-chilling cold. <laughs> this one's going to be kind of in the middle, so so we'll be prepared. But, uh, man, Kansas City, really, Kansas City really rolls out the uh, red carpet for this tournament. Yeah, they really do. It's been great. They've had the women, of course, uh, as well the last few years. So it mixes in well. You know, I have to think back to the days, uh, you know, when it was in the Metroplex or yeah. Oklahoma City. It's, it's, uh, it's been so many years in Kansas City. It seems like it's been a perfect fit. And, I, you know, I don't hear any complaints from, from schools or coaches, so I think it's worked really well for everybody. I think so. I think from every, you know, every angle, no matter how you look at it, that's the best place for the basketball tournament. And really a great history there, isn't it, when it goes back to the old Big 8 tournament that was there forever. Yeah, you know, Municipal Auditorium, where, where the women's tournament is, I, I, and that's still the place that has hosted the most Final Fours. I, you know, I guess eventually, sometime, that's going to change. But since there were so many of them there and great history uh, at Municipal Auditorium, it, it's an interesting place to kind of go in and look around because it hasn't changed a whole lot yeah. <laughs> since the 1940s and 50s in there. Oh, that's like a museum. I love going over there. It's uh, it's really cool, and that's a great spot for the women. And uh, we're staying, Mark, at that downtown Marriott, so we're right there obviously mm-hmm. across that uh, plaza from Municipal, but then just up the street from T-Mobile. So we love that location uh, right there in Kansas City. Um, let's talk about this season. Uh, you did a number of games. You probably saw everybody at some point over the course of the season. Uh, was this a- as competitive a year for Big 12 basketball as uh, as you've seen? It definitely so. And let me qualify first, John. Yes, I did see everybody and I did see everybody in person. Okay. So the way okay. the season began is, you know, there was quite a bit of remote broadcasting like last year, but really for the last, you know, probably since mid January through the end of the regular season here, uh, at least everything, almost everything for me has been in person. And I think that's the case for most of the ESPN announcers. So it was great to be on site where you really get a feel you know, for who's good, who's not, and, and, and how the teams are. But but you're right. I, I think top to bottom, and we've said this in so many different years, but it certainly stands for this year. Uh, anybody could beat anybody on any of it. You know, West Virginia was the only team that really went through significant losing. You know, they start the season 2-1 and one in conference play, and I think they were like 13-2 and two overall. And they had lost 14-15 and 15 and seven in a row before beating TCU the other night. Mm. Uh, in Morgantown to finish the regular season. And I thought TCU, I, I had the two TCU games against Kansas and Fort Worth then in Lawrence, and I thought TCU was playing about as well as they possibly could, uh, but they lose to West Virginia. So it, it's it, that was a perfect microcosm of, of what 
Wisconsin this year. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. That's wild. And uh, you were part of that uh, that back-to-back almost a Tuesday-Thursday of TCU and Kansas. What a great win by the Frogs that uh, that really helped Baylor's, uh, you know, cause to win a share of the Big 12 title when the Frogs won at Schollmeyer Arena. Yeah, I know we had uh, quite a few folks watching in Waco, and I think we mentioned that a time or two on air on the Tuesday and Thursday games. And, and being that the first game w- was in Fort Worth, talking with Bill Self before the game, he acknowledged, he said, hey, you know, those transfers that Jamie Dixon has brought in are really athletic. That could be a big problem for us. And it turned out to be that way. And then even after the second game on Thursday night in Allen Fieldhouse, Bill just came flat out and said, hey, they're not a good matchup for us. So I think that's one of the uh, matchup potential matchups you look at. If TCU were to get by Texas, and if Kansas were to beat either K State or West Virginia, uh, then those two would meet uh, in the semifinals mm-hmm. on Friday. And I think that's a team Kansas does not want to see against TCU. Uh, and then the second game, I, I think you and I texted a little bit, and I thought that Kansas would just blow out TCU in the Thursday game, but that wasn't the case. I mean, give the Frogs credit again go into Allen Fieldhouse and, and play him uh, a four-point game. Yeah, and, and Miles did not have a great game. He got into some foul trouble. Uh, Eddie Lampkin did as well. Uh, and, I, you know, I, David McCormick, KU fans have not exactly been kind to McCormick or really their point guard, DeWan Harris. But I, my response to the KU fans would be, hey, they are what they are. You know, that I mean, DeWan Harris didn't come there saying that, hey, I'm a McDonald's All-American and I'm going to be your starting point guard and score 15 points a game, which he, his, I think he had eight or nine points in that game uh, against TCU, the second game, which was really big for Kansas. They are what they are. McCormick's been banged up. He's had foot injuries and all kinds of issues. And Eddie Lampkin just kind of wore him out uh, in that first game. And in the second game, McCormick played better against Lampkin, but I think he has some matchup problems against the TCU. Like I said, that Bill, uh, Bill self definitely acknowledged. Mark Neely, our, Mark Neely, our guest, ESPN uh, broadcaster, has done Big 12 games uh, all year and many years. And, Mark, you've got good perspective on this. Um, the Coach of the Year, we talked about this on the show yesterday. It was won by Coach Drew this year, third consecutive year for Coach Drew. Now, where I'm coming from, I think that's absolutely the right choice just because of everything this team had to go through this year. Uh, but you you step back and look at it. There were some other really good candidates for Coach of the Year this year. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, John, I would love to see how the voting broke down because mm-hmm. I, I when you replace four starters off a national championship team and still do what Baylor did, you know Scott is 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 a high profile candidate, and I'm not surprised at all that he won it. You know, Bill Self, he's going to be a candidate usually every year as well with the teams that Kansas puts out there. But I thought the two wild cards in there, you know, TJ Otzelberger for Iowa state, even though, you know, they didn't, you know, overpower anybody late in the season, they, they got the wins they needed. They had some really good non-conference wins. And when you don't win a conference game the year before and only two total games uh, the year prior, Otzelberger came in and did a tremendous job. So I, I, I imagine TJ probably got some votes. And then what Mark Adams did at, at Texas tech, uh, you know, when, when Chris Beard, rolls out of Lubbock and goes to Austin and, and wants Mark Adams to come with him. And Mark says, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to get the job here. I'm not getting on the plane with you to Austin. I'm going to stay here. He rolled the dice. It paid out really, it paid off for him really well. And Texas tech, you know, nobody could beat them at home this year. They, they were incredible. So I'm sure Mark Adams got some votes as well, but I'm not surprised at all. that Scott won it. 
Yeah, and, and I agree with you. Those are really good candidates. Really, we said Saturday when Baylor played Iowa State uh, on senior day, uh, I, Pat and I both said that we thought these were the two top candidates for Coach of the Year uh, because of what Otzelberger had done, turnaround there, 20-win team, when they were unanimous uh, pick for last in the league. So, really, I thought it was between he and uh, Coach Drew for this, and, and it may have been. I'm like you. It'd be nice to see the voting breakdown on that. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting because, of course, Texas Tech and Iowa State are going to play in the yeah. game after the Baylor OU game on, <laughs> on Thursday night. And the thing about that, Texas Tech obviously is really, really good. They've been ranked basically top 15 for most of the season. But for Iowa State, you know, they that's they call it Hilton South for a reason when they come to Kansas City. Their fans travel down here extremely well. And, you know, that can play a part in the game. No no question about it. So if I'm Tech, I'd be a little leery of, of Iowa State <laughs> in that first game because their fans are, I'm sure, going to be well represented. Uh, at the T-Mobile Center. Oh, they come in and they they really take over the city. Uh, they are well represented there. Another one I wanted to ask you about, Mark, was the uh, Defensive Players of the Year. First time ever it was a three-way tie for that award, and one of the guys was ours, uh, Jonathan Chumwa Chachua. I think that's a great, great uh, honor award for him in a really tough season. Yeah, you know, I, I, it was interesting to see that because you know, there was no – you know, Marcus Garrett, uh, but, you know, Cissé and Osaboyan and Sean Bochatua, and especially what happened to, to John uh, earlier in the year. It was interesting. That the, I'm with you. That was one I looked at. I'm like, whoa, whoa three guys? And right. I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I get that. I, I You know, I, I understand it. So it, it was – I think they did the right thing. Yeah, that's really nice. I love it for Jonathan. There's a great video floating around of uh, Coach Tang coming in the training room and giving Jonathan the news about that, how he found out. <laughs> it's just great. So uh, it, it's really nice for him to to get that award this year. All right, uh, Mark. I need to go find that because he's a great kid. But, I, you know, I've had some conversations with him on, on a number of occasions. And what a terrific kid, and I, and I hope things work out long-term well for him. Yeah, great guy. I mean, you're exactly right. He is a great guy, and I really uh, uh, hated that injury that he had. All right, how do you think this tournament plays out? You know, you factor in – some teams, you know, Baylor's there as the number two seed, but banged up. And, you know, Kansas, what's their motivation? You know, a lot of times I think this tournament comes down to motivation. Who's the most motivated team? Uh, how do you think things play out the rest of the week there in Kansas City? Well, you're going to put me on the spot, but it's so hard, <laughs> John. You know, you mentioned how, how how much parity there is in the league. I think the team, maybe in a twisted way, that has the most approved Texas. And, and and the reason I say that, it, it was probably unfair for the group of transfers that Chris Beard collected and, and the holdovers that he had in Austin when the Associated Press in the preseason poll, they were ranked, I want to say, like number five. And so I think that set the bar really high for their fan base, maybe probably unfairly for Chris Beard and that team, because they were not that good then. Uh, and they really haven't been, I don't think, a top 10 team really all season, but they have got some excellent pieces, you know, Marcus Carr and, and Timmy Allen. I mean, there's some really good players there that I think in, in many ways, those that observe the big 12 think that they have probably underperformed this year. So I think it may be the stage for them, but then again, you know, it wouldn't be stunned if they lost to TCU in, in their first game, uh, as well as TCU has been playing with the exception of the, the game they finished up at uh, in Morgantown on Saturday. Um, wide open you know 
I'll just, I'll just leave it that way, John. I think the yeah. team that has maybe the most to prove might be Texas. Because I'm with you. Kansas, you know, they, they share the, the conference title with the Bulls. You know, what, what more – you know, what more incentive do they have getting ready for the in-state tournament? As you mentioned, Baylor's been banged up. So I think Texas may be the team to watch. And, of course, they were the team that won it last year under a different head coach. Yeah, that's a good call. You might be exactly right there. Uh, you know, Tech, I'd say watch out for them there in the tournament as well. But from Baylor's perspective, our guys are banged up and the rest, you know, might do them, uh, you know, might do them well if they had a little extra rest. But – Baylor's never won the Big 12 tournament. Coach Drew has never won the Big 12 tournament, and I know they're going to go there, and they uh, hope to play three games and win it. Yeah, that would be something they'd love to add to, uh, you know, Scott's – it's going it's a Hall of Fame resume. I don't think anybody can doubt that, that Scott's, uh, you know, going to be there eventually. Uh, but for Texas Tech, I think for them, uh, even though it will be a neutral floor, uh, is to, to prove that they can play well on a neutral floor because they were dominant at home. You know, I had a number of games for them at home where – uh, they, they didn't lose all year, and they were good. You know, some nights really good on the road, and some nights they were not so good. So I, I think for a team that that went unbeaten at home, the only team in the conference to do that, how well are they going to play in a neutral setting? That's really leading them towards the NCAA tournament. Will be the well, they'll be dealing with that uh, night in, night out. Yeah, well, you're exactly right on that. All right, final thought, Mark. Uh, go into your memory banks here a little bit and tell me what was the best mm-hmm. game you did this year as far as drama, big win, came down to the wire. Was it that TCU-Kansas game, the first one in Fort Worth? Or what, what was the best game you did you saw this year? Well, it, it, for it, it's easy for me to answer this one. There have been a lot of great endings that I had this year. But the, the Texas game – at Texas Tech. Oh, yeah. Came okay. back. <laughs> that Chris Patola and I had a call, and it just had a totally different vibe than any other game I've ever done. The the vitriol spewed towards <laughs> their former head coach, the Texas Tech fans, towards Chris Beard. It was fascinating to watch. And, and I, you know, I felt for Chris in some ways. In some ways, I didn't. He's the one that opted to leave to go to his alma mater, Texas. But to watch that from the night before with the shoot-around, when Texas came there and the way the students reacted, and then the game, it, 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 and their fans uh, at United Supermarkets Arena, they let Chris Beard have it for all 40 minutes of that game and never let up. And, you know, there might have been a few bits of profanity, and, uh, but, but, but for the most part, they didn't take it over the top. But it just made for really intriguing television because it, it, it was nothing like anything – I've ever, we've had great environments, you know, whether you go in, uh, into the Ferrell Center or Allen Fieldhouse, or, uh, but it, it, it was fascinating. So that, that would be the one at the top of my list for yep, this year. Yep, yep, good call. If I'd remembered you did that game, that's, that's what I would have thought you would have answered. Hey, man, it's great to talk to you. <laughs> Looking forward to uh, coming your way, and I'll see you over there at the arena this week. Sounds great. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. All right, Mark, thanks, thanks very much. Appreciate all your good work. Mark Neely with ESPN uh, has done a number of Big 12 games uh, throughout this year and through the years, really has his finger on the pulse of the league, and he's right there, lives right there in Kansas City as well. We'll see him over there at the uh, arena as the games begin. We'll take a break, be back with more in just a moment. John Morris Show, Tom and Aaron are back with more right after this here on ESPN Central Texas. <laughs> 